Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. I got a completely off-the-wall topic for you. Came, we were chatting earlier uh, before uh, hit and record, and this idea just came up. I don't know where I'm going with it, but um, it's reminiscent <laughs> of dealing with a product that's a, a new invention or new technology. You know, uh-huh. and, and the team's kind of trying to figure out, one, what is it going to do? You know, Can we make a product out of this? And two is, can we make it work? Um, but some things... Um, have a clear degradation. And, yes. and so here we're in, and I, it's what early August here when we're recording this, uh, my tomatoes, I have a couple of tomato plants in the garden and they're mm-hmm. just ripening. And one of the things that dawned on me in learning more about gardening is that the ripening process is just the polite word for it starting to decay or rot. <laughs> Oh, right, right. It's, Biological aging. That's right. It's it's degrading, and that sometimes adds sweetness to it, or it adds texture or flavor or something like that. And right. like uh, the apple, I have an apple tree, and and the apples are rock hard right now. Even the raccoons aren't eating them. Um, but as it ages, it starts to soften, and then it, and right. some varieties will be crisp, and some will be you know softer and stuff. And then usually the raccoons sit up there and just eat them all. But it, <laughs> yeah. the question is, is I mean, have you ever had uh, to work on a reliability of produce? You know, let's say Dole got a hold of you and by, says, we're trying to ship. What do you mean by reliability of produce? Well, they have a time to failure, right? Well, they have, yeah, they have an aging process. They right. have an aging process. So you buy a biological aging process. Right. And and it's a chemical process, essentially, or or bacteria or some combination of all those things. But let's say Dole calls you and says, hey, we're trying to increase the shelf life of our bananas. Yeah. Would you use reliability techniques for this? Would you, would, how would you approach that? And you're not going to put a banana well, in a halt chamber, I suppose, but you could. No, I I would use the same approach in my investigation of it and say, again, what are the physics? What is the biological mechanisms, Mm -hmm. especially since this is a a biological uh, product? uh, um, What are the the mechanisms that cause these changes in the apple or fruit that uh, that are chemical processes, as you pointed out? And so what 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 are those processes and we can look at chemistry on what we can do uh and of course we have many preservative chemicals uh I think in packaging uh, you know they're very common if you look at Well them. I'm thinking of of bananas in and this sounds completely off the wall but I'm thinking about it as you know if it's a chemical or biological process my first thought is being a naive reliability engineer going, Hmm, well, if we cool that down, we could, you know, in, in invoke, uh, Arrhenius on this and just slow that <laughs> processes down. But it, you know what happens when you put a banana in the refrigerator, it turns black. Yeah, Apparently there's a different mechanism there. Right. <laughs> it is. And so that, right. It, it, for different fruits and different meat and other, uh, agricultural products, 
there are different mechanisms that you know happen, and you know freezing is usually one that stops most everything. <laughs> for, right, and it food. also has the, but it has a damage to the cell structures and some of the yeah. You products. lose the texture. You lose you lose the texture and things like stuff. that. Right. So it's like it's like a real product though. There's always trade offs, and, and that's my right. point. And and now that we have genetically modified things, and we're doing better at uh, CRISPR and other things in the biological world, that we can actually uh, do more detailed gene uh, editing and things like that. I mean, they're developing foods. Nah, I'm, that... I'm from California. I don't like all that stuff. It's not that I'm <laughs> against it or not. It's like, you know, that's why I grow my own tomatoes because they taste so much better than the perfect size okay. right. ones in the grocery store. You know? Okay. Right. And whatever technique you get to it. But the idea is, is that okay. the produce fails and you're right is that the technology advantages okay. we have is like putting an artificial knee in these things so they can last longer you know okay before they did gene modifications they did a lot of cross breeding and oh, yeah. selective selective breeding so that was same. you know that was a pre saying yeah, it's the same but it's, it's okay it's still you know it, some people that would say well that's natural you just take the best of the two different plants and put them together and you get this better one off yeah, of okay yeah, there's, so, a you, there's a limit there's a limit and all that stuff too. for a certain quality yeah. you know it's redness it's flavor it's whatever yep. but one of those you can breed it for is shelf life shelf life longevity and that's why i'm thinking of right. the uh there's a, a tomato and it was a client I was working with. They're making a robotic hamburger mm. maker. It was really cool. Um, right. But they use, uh, I said, what kind of tomatoes are you using? Oh, we're using three by fours. What? What, <laughs> what kind of tomatoes? Are they? Well, it's a specific species of tomatoes. There's different species or type of tomato that's bred yeah. that yeah. It fits in a certain size box. And it's right. a row of three by four. And right. they're, they're almost all identical size and shape and weight. Right. <laughs> and it's for packing. Right. And, and they have great right. shelf life. And, and he says, well, how do they taste? Well, they taste like a tomato. And I'm like, mm, you haven't tasted a real tomato yet. Just like engineering a product, Fred, there's always those trade-offs yeah. that we have to make. And, you know, um, biology, unfortunately, takes a lot longer to, you know, derive the right a uh, mixture of, of genetics and, you know, crossbreeding, cross, uh, selective breeding or selective, uh, you know, doing but just process. doing the selection process. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. And, but, and, but you're designing for something. You're essentially saying, I want these characteristics like you would for a circuit or some function. Yeah. And, and, yep. and, but that's going to affect another function. Okay. That may affect its, its taste. Color may affect its taste, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. you've got it. So it's, a, it's, it's trade offs like engineering <laughs> is for designing a product. Oh, it is. You cannot have everything. You can't have this ripe, huge, juicy tomato that's, you know, the right color and, with the right flavor. And, and a six month shelf life. Yeah. You're just not going to get there. Months, you, no, no. So, oh, last night we had a, a neighborhood get together here in the park in the where I live, and and somebody brought uh, it was a yellow, a bright yellow, uh, fleshed watermelon, and a bowl of cut watermelon sit next to a yeah. bowl of what I think is traditional kind of the reddish looking crisp mm -hmm. watermelon, and all these kids were walking up to him going, "What's that?" Because it did it looked like watermelon, right? Open, yeah. juicy kind of texture to it 
and it, but it was yellow and and so yeah it was bright yeah it was yellow like like a, a cantaloupe is orange right and some mm-hmm. of the fleshes of, of those melons but it mm-hmm. it was yellow and mm-hmm. these kids would walk up and they look at it and they wouldn't even try it it's no. just the wrong color for them right <laughs> exactly watermelons are red yeah <laughs> yes. everybody knows that That's it. so but you're i mean the idea though is um you know, it, it is a trade-off, but how do you, from a, there's all these different pieces of advice out there and all these different chunks of info out there, how to, right. how to store it, how to preserve it, how to do this or do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm in what brought this out is I know that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be buried in, in tomatoes and I have this apple tree. If right. the raccoons stay out of, I have a bunch of apples. And then right. I can, I, I actually do steps to preserve them and, and to extend their shelf life by treating them or processing them in, in some way. Now, right. in our, in electronics products or in other kinds of products, um, we do some of that, right? We put protective coatings or cases or, or envelopes around it, or we do all of these other things to, right. to minimize failure mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't want my... I don't know if you can can to bananas. I suppose you could, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to try that one. No, but like tomatoes, no. I know I got to get the acidity right. I need to do, you know, a certain <laughs> amount of treatment so that I kill off the bad bacteria and, and then I keep it sealed and cool, dark place and those kinds of things. Um, right. But with electronics, um, you have to know what you're trying to protect from. And I think a lot of people just forget that, you know, if you're going to do salt spray over this thing, um, it will probably corrode really quick. Right, right. You know, very harsh environments like that, corrosive environments, you would do a conformal coating possibly. Or sealant. Or, or sealant, in, in, in sealant or something like that to protect it. Yeah. Most of the time, that's not necessary. Yeah. But in biological items, you have these normal, you know, uh, breakdown functions that are part of uh, nature to bring all those yeah, circle rotten, of life kind of thing. Yeah, 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 back to this back to the <laughs> soil if it's not eaten. Yep. And we figured out how to preserve, I mean, mankind, uh, our human, excuse me, person kind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my wife would hit me inside of the head. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, okay. So well, she, anyway, it's deservedly have, she should have, do that just on principle. We have we <laughs> we have a species that figured out how to preserve these things over many years and mm-hmm. it of course goes back to them uh, salting fish, uh hanging them to dry and salting making, making cheese is making one of my re- more recent hobbies, right. yeah. Exactly. I made I made some che- I'm making cheese later today. Or turning grapes into wine and Oh yeah, well, that doesn't bottle. yeah. That can last a <laughs> long we time. Have, we have a we have an apple tree too, uh, Fred, and my biggest problem is the worms and bugs getting into it, and yeah. I don't want to use the chemicals on it. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't. Right. I could spray it, I guess, but yeah, it, uh, again, I get tons of apples. We'll have tons of apples, and we do have a friend now that makes apple wine and apple hard apple cider, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've given them to him, and of course, those will last, you know, yeah. forever. Well, quite a while, yeah. If you store it well, it'll last a long time. Or it might. People think sometimes older wines are better. I don't know why. I'm not a <laughs> wine drinker. <laughs> but, 
uh, you're in wine country, and and that's a real important thing. Well, that brings up another point, though, using you know produce as an analogy. If I I know that a lot of the canning books and a lot of the preservation books, and even the cheese making I make, is the the advice is get the best quality produce or best quality milk to start. If you have right. bad milk, you're going to make bad cheese. If you have that's wormy, right. rotten apples on the tree, you're not going to make good cider. You know, And that would be just true with components in electronics. Get yeah. the best supplier, get the most consistent, you know, that doesn't have uh, a, a large variation in their crop, <laughs> in, yeah. their, in their production line. Yeah, in, in crops, it's take care of the soil, you know, prune it correctly, right. you know, make sure right. they have good growing conditions, plenty of mm-hmm. light, plenty of water. Right. All that kind of stuff. And you do the same with your supply right. chain. You make sure that right. you've got a good supply. How long have they been doing it for? You know, are they, have they, are they new to the business? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Those, all those would be very important in doing business with pretty much anybody. But um, knowing their knowledge and background is important for the growers and for the manufacturers of electronic components. Yep. Yeah. Now, one of the things I, it's, I, I've been buying milk from direct from a farmer to make cheese more recently. And it's, mm-hmm. and I get to sit, you know, it's like going to the farmer's market. Essentially I get to ask them questions about how the sheep mm-hmm. are being fed and, you know, what species or breed they are. And, you know, and it shows Fred, some interest in cows. No, nah, I don't want to get mine. It's too much work. <laughs> it's much easier just going to the, you know, the farmer and pick up a few bottles. A friend of mine that's also making cheese, um, uh, got a Jersey cow, um, uh-huh. and is getting four gallons of milk a day. Wow. That's a lot. Of, Jersey cows are, were bred. And we were talking about this earlier. They were bred to produce a lot of milk. There you and, go. And so she was saying, you know, but it's, I used to be working with this, this a different breed, but it didn't make as much milk. It didn't produce as much milk, but it had higher, it had different qualities and behavior right. to it and flavor right. to it. In, right. in cheese making and she goes yeah i get a lot of white substance you know light liquid wick liquid to it but my yield is way lower i don't get as much milk fat out of it i don't get this or that it is a yeah. bunch of different differences right, right. so it's we've bred to produce you know the biggest strawberry but my neighbor handed me a couple of uh wild strawberries right. that were smaller than the end of my pinky basically and right. they were so good I know. <laughs> so and I've flavor. noticed that about the large strawberries too. They're big, but they don't have as much flavor. They're not as sweet. They're not as, you know, rich in flavor. Yeah. So they, they there's a trade-offs. Yeah. So if you want to make a phone, right, to, in today's market, you want to make a phone that will last for 40 years. Make sure it only has one function that's so resilient to whatever changes <laughs> in the networks occurs that it'll always work. <laughs> You know, it's, it's kind of yeah. the corollary here is you can make stuff that will last forever, but are pretty bland, or you can make stuff that's really great, but it, you got to update it every year. Right. Well, we don't, yeah, we, we do that a little bit with our vegetables and fruits. And sometimes there's a new species or somebody come out with a new, uh, you know, um, it was like a cross I, between plums and apricots that flew out. I heard of it. Right, right. But we're, but we're not, you know, the, the revolution and the evolution of electronic is, is, is orders of magnitude faster than that. And oh, yeah. also the, uh, you know, the 
technological obsolescence. The old strawberries don't become technologically obsolete, but the iPhones, the computers, uh, the televisions all have new features and functions so quickly introduced that uh, they are technologically obsolete now. Well, just think of streaming services compared to, you know, like Netflix started doing it with sending DVDs through the mail. I don't even think they do that anymore. They might no, in some I, markets. And I, I drive up to the rug drugstore and I see this red box yeah, and yeah. I'm going, boy, I've how could I I've never seen anybody there. How could I bet against this or the failing of this company? Because absolutely – uh, removable media is pretty much obsolete. Either DVDs, CDs, VHS, any of those tapes, all of that's kind of disappeared now. Well, vinyl's coming back. Uh, vinyl's uh, coming well, back for albums. <laughs> Seriously, there's, I, there's well, yes, record stores opening again. Distortion. There's people who love harmonic distortion. I know. You know? Okay. And yeah. it sounds to them they say it's warmer and i'm thinking fred you and i could invent a little equalizer that could do the same thing and add little pops and squeaks and and scratches in an occasional skip an occasional skip and it would sound just like a we could actually because we can measure the waveform oh we should take this offline you know and, and <laughs> you know there's probably in different audio systems there's probably a filter you could stick on it and it could yeah like, vinyl i want the cd to be vinyl you know yeah. to where we we want to add that distortion that vinyl had and in fact it has a less of a dynamic range the difference between high and low notes that you could play i mean yeah. high high and loud things uh, were very limited on a vinyl compared to now the digital uh, yeah. capabilities. So, so they're all talking about going back. It'd be like you know I watch people on telemark skis and I go, wow, that really looks hard going downhill on those. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the way people did it decades ago, you know. Yeah, and it's right. the only way they knew downhill skiing. But I'm sorry that I don't want to listen to music distorted. And I, you know, my ears already distorted. <laughs> you have your own so, filters in place. Yeah, I have my own filters right now. So, you know, right now I'm looking for an equalizer for my headphones so I can, you know, amp up the, the missing slotted or uh, the failings of my hearing. Yeah. And that's really the best, you know, compensation. But yeah. anyway, the, so fruit, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I think the idea was is that, I mean, one, reliability folks like us, Kirk, look at the world a different way. So I was looking at produce right. and, and then right. the, the same right. basic sets of tools of understanding how they fail and the right. failure mechanisms and, right. and what are the trade-offs and all of those right. other things all matter in oh, that. And there are engineers in that field oh, that yeah. are doing that kind of research. They're biochemical engineers or whatever, and they know what the decay mechanisms in these fruits are and are trying to, possibly breed them out through, or, or alter know, them or adjust them alter or them. trade them off for other things or, or add a chemical to their you know diets or whatever to well i isn't it i think it was apples that are stored there i don't want to say it's it's not methane but there's some gas it's an inorganic gas but because they know that oxygen or yeah, the nitrogen we'll break it down. will right. break it down. So they use a nitrogen bath or something like that to that's right. to, to displace the oxygen to reduce the reactants. And there's all right. I, I I'm sure I'm getting that wrong. So if you're in that industry, let us know. <laughs> One, it'd be cool to to see how much parallelism we actually have. 
with different tools and techniques and stuff. But, um, and I imagine there's a lot because it was pretty easy to think that through, or it's just you and I, Kirk, that are, um, <laughs> just think about the world this way. <laughs> I think we look at it from a uh, scientific and engineering standpoint and the underlying mechanisms of physics and chemistry, in this case, most of it is chemistry, that are really critical to what the aging process is. And that's the same in uh, fruit. I mean, the same approach to investigating and yep. experimentation. And you would try those different atmospheres once you know what the apple's decay mechanism was, if it was oxygen, you might try different gases. being To, you to know, displace first, the oxygen. Just get rid right. Of it. Yeah. First being the cheapest gas you could find. Yeah. <laughs> not methane. Yeah, not, yeah, methane. not methane, not uh, helium. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's, it was just an idea that jumped up and I thought we had uh, could explore the parallel there a little bit and talk about something different or strange. Uh, but if you've, you're listening to this going, if you made it this far, Thanks for hanging in there with us yeah. and listening. Um, we were talking about fruit. Yeah. <laughs> probably think, well, anyway, uh, yeah. if you've got a, a, the last couple episodes, we had really great questions to, to chat about and stuff. We didn't have one for this particular episode, but you can fix that. If you're listening to this, <laughs> you can send us a question or send a comment that would spark a, a discussion for us. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. A couple of ways to leave us a message there. LinkedIn or our about pages or alternate ways to get in touch with us equally as useful. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you want to talk about your favorite species of apple, um, we're happy to do that. And we'll talk about how they work or don't work and all that good stuff or whatever's on your mind, you know, <laughs> reliability related and, and associated disciplines are all fair game. So what's, we'd love to hear from you. All right. All right, Kirk, thanks. Uh, thank you for hanging okay. in there with that. Uh, we didn't solve the reliability of bananas, but uh, I think we got a step closer. No, but they're working on it. They're working on it. Wherever they <laughs> There's, are. Their scientists are working on it. There you go. All right, thanks, Kirk. Okay, Fred, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic, that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.